0: Hey everybody, my name is Michael Gruber, and this is the Endure Podcast. Today we're continuing on a series that I'm calling Be Prepared for Battle. This is episode three. Attitude is everything. In the first two episodes, we really talked about the idea of preparation begins in the mind, which is essentially the fact that you know, as believers, we have to accept and acknowledge that we are in a spiritual battle, that we have an enemy, he's real. Uh, and we have to be prepared for that. We also talked about the fact that we need to understand that we are victorious in Christ. Then we talked about in episode two, the joy set before you, the notion that, you know, when Jesus went to the cross and what he endured for us, he looked to it with joy. Not so much, obviously, of the fact of what he was going to have to go through, but the end result, uh, the end result, which is taking his rightful place back, uh, at the throne of God next to, next to the Father, right? Sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And that through choosing to see joy in the midst of our circumstances, it really postures us and puts us in a place to, to receive from God and to be victorious in life. And so in this episode, I want to take some time looking at a couple letters that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and then also to the Philippians. And then we're going to look at Daniel and, uh, and Jeremiah. And we're going to see... You know, mainly how Daniel and his friends managed to excel in the midst of their their hard times of being exiled to Babylon, right? Of being chosen to work for the king and being thrust into this pagan nation, and despite all that, because they chose to honor God, because they chose to put Him first, uh, they were they were provided for, right? Miraculously and supernaturally at times, uh, and that God. God was there and he provided for them despite everything going on around them. You're listening to the Endure Podcast. Thanks for joining us today in our pursuit of victory in life through Jesus Christ. Hey, everybody. All right, we're going to go ahead and just roll on into episode three Attitude is Everything. When we get started here, let's just go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. So 1 Thessalonians, this is just Paul writing to um, Thessalonica here, and really the theme is that he is writing to encourage new believers. Uh, One of the main themes here is just the idea of giving thanks in all all circumstances, which, which is what we're going to read about. So starting in verse 16, I'm reading from the ESV. Paul says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. I think this is important and really just a continuation from episode two, where we looked at just the idea of joy, uh, the joy set before you and looked at Hebrews, how it talked about Jesus and how he um, really looked to the cross and he found joy in the fact that he knew what he had to do. Not that he was looking forward to it, but he he counted it joy. He, he was, um, you know, just ready to endure that mission that God had sent him to accomplish. And so the idea of choosing joy in the midst of any circumstance, of all circumstances, choosing joy in the midst of hardness and hard times and good times, right, We look at it here where Paul says, Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. And that's just so important to be uh, just a vital aspect of our lives, that we as believers really should be just cultivating a lifestyle of thanksgiving, of prayer, of gratitude, because it postures our heart to be in a place uh, to receive from God, really to see the best in, in the world around us. And that's not to say that life is perfect, and that's not to say there's not bad people and bad things, but we we have a choice in life. We have a choice to, to choose joy, or we have a choice to choose uh, just the negative stuff. right? And so Paul is just writing here to encourage the, the church to choose joy. Um, all right, if we go over to Philippians uh, chapter 4, we're going to see... I'm going to read a little bit here in chapter four, because I like the way that it just steps through um, just the idea of, again, rejoicing, choosing joy, choosing gratitude. All right. So Philippians four, starting with verse four, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And then this is really important. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And then on uh, on into verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. All right. So I know that was a lot there, but basically he's just saying, hey, you need to be, uh, you need to rejoice always. And he says it again, rejoice. Um, that's important. He talks about not being anxious. Right, just let your requests be made known to God and then just let that peace of God protect you and guard you. And I'll be the first to admit that, uh, man, this is something that I am really, really, really making it a point over the last couple of years to apply to my life in terms of the anxiety. Right, and I what I came to realize is that when you live with with, you know, bouts of anxiety or if that's just kind of ingrained into who you are in your psyche, your mentality, uh, you don't even realize it because it just becomes normal. It becomes so normal that you learn to deal with it. Uh, and that's kind of your baseline. And so for us with moving around, uh, quite often and, and feeling like we're constantly in a state of flux, you know, where are we going to move, uh, where, where are we going to live? You know, now that we have school age kids, what about school? You know, how are we going to get to where we're going? Do we sell a car? Do we buy a car? Uh, what's the new job going to be? Um, and there's a lot of anxiety that I've, I've dealt with over, over the past, right? And so this is something that's an encouragement to me to saying, don't be anxious, just trust God, right? That attitude is everything. How you approach things in life is vitally important. Paul goes on to say, um, in chapter, I'm sorry, same chapter Philippians four, but it goes on to say um, in verse 11, not that I am speaking of being in need for, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any, and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, or some translations say I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so Paul kind of goes through there in Philippians 4, talking about importance of just rejoicing, of not being anxious, of allowing the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to guard your hearts and minds through Jesus. He encourages the the Philippians whatever to meditate, to think about, to let dominate your thoughts what is true, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is commendable. If there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then he kind of closes up by saying, "Hey, I've run the full gamut, um, you know, from the far left to the far right. I've been through some crap." You know, I've endured, I've excelled, I've been hungry, I've faced plenty, I've been in lack, I've been in abundance, but all things that He's learned, that He can do all things through Christ who gives Him strength. And I'll go back to that attitude. The attitude and the way that you approach and view life is everything. And so it is vitally important for us to choose joy, choose life, choose forgiveness. Right. Don't allow the enemy to have a foothold in your life by going down these paths of, of bitterness, of anger, of envy, of all these things, offense, unforgiveness. Okay, so we're going to shift gears here, um, and I would like to really look at two examples of this in the Old Testament. Um. So we kind of looked at what Paul had to say in terms of of choosing joy, rejoicing always. Uh, In episode two, we looked at Hebrews. We looked at Romans, which is obviously Paul. And then we also looked at Peter. Here we're going to go back to the Old Testament. We're going to look at uh, Jeremiah and then Daniel. So during this time, um, really it was... the the theme, the overarching theme was uh, just the Jews turning from their God, uh, turning towards, you know, idol worship, uh, wanting to be like the world around them, not trusting God, not honoring God, and ultimately it cost them uh, dearly, right? So they were conquered by numerous kings. They were conquered. They were carried off to captivity, and uh, you know their lives were, were tough, and it was really a result of them turning from God, and uh, and so Jeremiah he he prophesied about the, the ruins, you know, from them getting carried off, and then ultimately Daniel was somebody who who lived in that time of exile, uh, and and I'll go through both of their stories just briefly. Uh, But if we start off in Jeremiah 28, verse 7, let me turn there. Here we're going to see again, continuing on the theme of uh, attitude is everything, right? Very important. Jeremiah 27, oh, I'm sorry, 29. Let's see here. Okay, so let me let me start at the end and then kind of work back to the beginning. So twenty nine eleven is a is a verse that I'm sure many believers are familiar with, where it says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope." All right. So that's an encouraging verse um, and one that I, I think a lot of people have probably quoted at some point in their life, and something that is uh, is is just You know, part of their their outlook, if you will, and I think that's good, and that's certainly a verse that I have uh, read and meditated on and and quoted many times throughout my life. But if we back up there to verse seven, um, and you put it in context of Jeremiah writing a letter to the exiles, right, those who were exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon. Jeremiah starts off in verse seven and he says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and praise to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. So this is a verse, um, many years ago. Well, it seems like many years ago, maybe not that that many. Um, you know, I was in a certain circumstance or situation with work and bosses and whatever. And, and, uh, you know, I felt it was a it was a trying time. Uh, it was really difficult, and this is one where my wife Alicia had kind of pointed out the saying. You know, you need to be praying that in this situation, um, that in you know, as they and your boss finds his good place, that it will kind of bring you along as well. You know, where it says, pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. And her point to me was just that you need to accept the fact that this is where you are. And so your job is to be praying for them and praying for the situation so that they will do well. And in turn, you will do well. Right. And so uh, going to the idea, the attitude is that it's, hey, you know, Jeremiah is essentially saying you are in exile. You are in this place. Uh, They're going to be there for 70 years. So get comfortable right just get comfortable accept the fact that this is where you are but you can choose the way that you respond to the situation that at this point when they were exiled they couldn't change that fact anymore they were gone that that ship had sailed and they were there but they could choose how they were going to respond they could choose the way that their their mental outlook was on the situation so then when we fast forward back over uh, to verse 11, when he says, I know the plans I have for you, uh, plans for welfare and not evil to give you future and a hope. Verse 12 is where, where Jeremiah says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So he's just stressing the importance of, you know, it's, it's more than just praying about it. It's wholeheartedly seeking the Lord in this situation. That the Lord's saying, you can find me, absolutely. In this situation, you can find me, you can pray to me, but you're not gonna find me until you seek me with all your heart. And that's ultimately what God is after. God is after, he's after our hearts. He wants us to rely on him for everything. He wants daily communion with him. Right? It's not a, just a Sunday thing when you bust out your Bible and knock off the dust and go to church. It's not, you know, I get up and just, you know, read my, my one verse for the day uh, through my Bible app and then go on about, you know, my daily business. God wants to develop that daily, you know, hourly, minutely, if that's even a word, Communion conversation with him, and that's something that you know I've endeavored to, to do for a while. And I've really just tried to refocus on throughout my day having that communion with God. And so, a lot of times, when I go and you know, I'll, I'll uh, go through my routine, I drink a ton of water, so I go to the bathroom about every, every half hour to 45 minutes, fill up the water bottle, go for a walk around the, the building. Um, and oftentimes just try to thank God, you know, praise God and say, God, thank you for this day. You know, thank you that I'm here. Thank you that you have given me wisdom to do well and excel in this job. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my health. It's cultivating that attitude of, of joy, of thanksgiving, of gratitude, uh, which is, again, vitally important to placing us and posturing us into a position where one, we can receive from God and two, it just allows us to just absorb the, you know, the, the ups and downs and the waves that are inevitable that are going to come through life. And so Jeremiah encourages here, um, encourages the captives, you know, change your outlook, accept the fact of where you are. Um, and you can, you can excel in the midst of these circumstances. Okay, let's uh, let's go over to Daniel, and we'll uh, we'll start to wrap up here. Um, so Daniel, so he's a young man that was was exiled to Babylon, um, and at this time that the king Nebuchadnezzar was looking for you know young men to bring into his court, and he wanted people that he could train up um, and and excel you know on his behalf, and so Daniel and his friends um, you know, get chosen to go into the court. And, uh, they're saying in, in, Daniel chapter one, uh, verse, uh, let's just go with verse four. So he's looking for use without blemish of good appearance and skillful and all wisdom endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the King's palace and to teach them literature and language of the Chaldeans. And then among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah from the tribe of Judah. So you got these four young men uh, picked to be in the king's court. right? And so I think the big takeaway from this is the fact that then it goes on to say in verse 8, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. And so a lot of the food that they were serving to these young men were, um, you know, was meat sacrificed to idols and and wine. And Daniel basically said, uh, to the chief eunuch, the guy in charge of developing them, you know, Hey man, I don't want to eat this food. Just feed me vegetables and water and, and, uh, and let's call it good. And the eunuch said, no, I don't think that's a good idea because if you look, if you don't look healthy, then that could cost me my job and ultimately my life. And so he goes on to do a test and, and, you know, the eunuch says, okay. And basically in verse 20 there, he found them 10 times better than all the other magicians and enchanter and enchanters that were in his kingdom. So he, you know, they decided, all right, you know, if that's what you guys want to eat, as long as you're excelling, that's fine with me. So again, I'll just go back to the idea of in the midst of their circumstances, in the midst of exile, Daniel positioned himself to serve his God faithfully, to trust his God, and that he ultimately excelled in the midst of this time. So Daniel goes on to interpret dreams for King Nebuchadnezzar, um, and you know he's promoted, his friends are promoted, uh, but then they come to a place where Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm going to build a, a golden statue, and everybody in this kingdom is going to worship it. Uh, they say the height was 60 cubits, and I think that was about 90 feet tall. Um, and so this massive gold statue, and, and Daniel's friends who got renamed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided that, no, we're not going to worship this statue, uh, even if that means I get thrown into the fiery furnace. So in the midst of their circumstances, they go on to get thrown in the furnace for refusing to bow down, and, uh, and God provides for them again. That they come out and and they're unharmed, uh, and as really as a as a result for trusting their God, um, refusing to to compromise in the midst of the pagan nation, and uh, and they were and they were safe. If we continue to fast forward through Daniel, and I know I'm moving fast, but I just I just want to highlight a few of these, um, a few of these excerpts, if you will. So then, later on, Daniel is uh, is under King Cyrus, and King Cyrus likes him, um, but some of the some of the people, you know, in the kingdom don't really like Daniel, and so they came up with a law that basically said they, you know, convinced the king to sign this law that says, uh, you know, you can't pray uh, to, really, you can't pray to any god uh, for a certain amount of time when they knew that, uh, that Daniel was not going to, was not going to adhere to that. So the law gets signed. Um, and ultimately, you know, he's found out and he has to get thrown into the lion's den. Uh, and you know, he gets thrown in. And again, because Daniel, uh, chose to honor his God in the midst of the circumstances, God provided for him, and and he ultimately was spared from from the lion's den. In terms of you know he was in there overnight, and he came out, and he was he was fine. And so, if I can just back up here, I know I'm apologize jumping around a little bit, but just some of these things that get you know that get pulled out. But Daniel, uh, and Daniel 5, verse 12, it basically talks about Daniel having an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding to interpret dreams, you know, explain riddles and solve problems. Daniel was able to to have answers to to the problems and the questions that the king had during that time. Daniel was known for having an excellent spirit. Daniel and his friends were known for refusing to compromise their values in the midst of their circumstances. So, in closing here, you know, we went through a couple couple of letters that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and to the Philippians. Then we looked at Jeremiah and his letter to the the Jews that in exile, you know, basically just you have to accept where you're at here in this time and and pray for your situation to to excel as best as you can. Uh and then we looked at Daniel and his friends and their circumstances, right? And so all that to, to, to say the attitude is just vitally important that you can't always control or you don't control the circumstances that you may find yourself in, but your attitude makes a difference. And when we choose to honor God and when we choose to trust God, when we choose to be a light to the world around us, that's going to put us in a position to, to excel. That's going to put us in a position to do well. That's going to, Put us in a place where God can can you know really look down and say, hey, you know, great job. Like He said uh, to Jesus, you know, after He was baptized, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. That I believe that God desires us to have the right attitude. He desires us to to live a life of praise and thanksgiving, you know, of worship, of communion, of gratitude of service to one another, of just constant interaction with, with him, uh, every day. Okay. So I'll leave you with that. Hopefully you were encouraged. Uh, we're going to continue on this series. I have a few more, um, a few more episodes that I want to talk about. Uh, you know, that fall under the overarching theme of just being prepared to battle, being prepared for battle as believers every day. So I pray you're doing well. Uh, And we'll talk again soon.